0: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome to the create unknown, the home of make something mean something for our 200th episode extravaganza. We have some patrons here on discord in the chat. Thanks for showing up. We love each and every one of you hanging out with us. I am Kevin Lieber. With me, as always, is Matthew Tabor.
1: Yeah, and I think we need to table the, the 200th episode celebration because, uh, you know, we've got we got a real tight one today, which is good. We can keep it dense and tight. That's excellent. Uh, but 200 is a nasty milestone for something that is not a daily Daily podcast. I mean, look—if you did two hundred dailies in a row, that—that's a, a big thing, right? But uh, this has been a lot of episodes over a lot of years now, and we actually have the distance from the beginning to do, you know, a, a proper retrospective. I mean, this—this this is cool. So I, I'm thrilled about the two hundred. I do think that we have to uh, have an epic post. 200 celebration.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? What does that entail? What is an epic post 200 celebration?
1: I don't know. I said the words without <laughs> without knowing what they meant.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean uh, to me that sounds like you're going to drink some uh, white birch root beer and chop some trees uh-huh. down, you know. I will have some hot dogs, maybe uh like a high level peanut butter sandwich. That sounds Did like how we party.
1: Carving that that hot that wiener chain, you know, like a linked chain out of hot dogs. <laughs> of course, I did. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was art.
0: Yeah. I loved it. It was beautiful. But on
1: white on white birch beer, I I, I want to tell you, I'm st- I'm stockpiling that right now. I'm not consuming it because I have a fitness goal, and and I'm not uh, I'm not drinking any of the good stuff until I reach that fitness goal. And so it actually went on sale last week, two ninety nine a case. So I bought eight cases. Eight cases. I left one case in, in uh, for Boss Threads to buy, uh, if he <laughs> if he went into the grocery store. But but yeah. So I currently have eleven cases that are in neatly packed storage, just waiting for me to attain the body that that nature commands
0: me to attain, <laughs> and then just undo all that progress with like a gluttonous white birch beer. Um,
1: it's zero calories. Oh, okay. Well then it's diet, then why oh, yeah. is it? I only in, drink diet.
0: Why does it interfere with your fitness goals? Then
1: it doesn't interfere. It just has to be, you know, it has to be the carrot as oh. I self flagellate with the stick.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, before we, uh, get into a 200th episode re- retrospective, I, we can't not mention the passing of Paul Rubens, AKA Pee Wee yeah. Herman, because, uh, Certainly Pee Wee was a huge influence on me and a huge deal for, for you know, just my interest in comedy and entertainment and being weird and kind of insane in a fun and safe way. I, I've noticed so such an outpouring of a lot of different people talking about, you know, how much they loved Pee Wee. A, a crazy amount of stories about Paul Ruben, Rubens himself being like outrageously... Friendly sending Christmas cards to everyone he ever worked with, um opening his home to people just left and right, just you know, oh, come over and we'll I'll make you a sandwich, you know, responding to Facebook messages of people and texting them for their birthday, just like a a really like unbelievable amount of i I don't know, just connecting with people and being really into that in like a, a genuine way.
1: Well, I do want to point out first and foremost that he is, he was the last surviving pride of Oneonta, New York. That's very important to throw out there in terms of local homegrown celebrities. This is, this is a, a a portion of New York state that, um, is, is quite close to, to where, you know, we originated from. Um, I go to Oneonta to get my, my chainsaws maintained you know so it's it's very close but paul rubens spent some of his childhood there um and so you know i he was a little dicey because you know he he had that that incident in the adult theater that that uh where, where little peewee made an appearance
0: yes that but tainted i mean i never quite understood that Can we just admit the fact that it kind of makes n- not a lot of sense like why else would you go to an adult theater you you just like sit know. there with like your monocle and like your moleskin <laughs> notebook, like taking notes about like you know camera angles and like shot composition of uh, an adult film. Uh, that was always <sighs> strange to me. I was like, what what's actually going on here? <laughs> it's, it's, I don't yeah. know. It's like well you're go- you're under arrest for going to a water park and wearing swim trunks. It's like, well, that's, <laughs> this is the point of this place.
1: I will be honest. I, I like to think that I, that I know a fair bit about, about the world and, and different things in it. And this is something I, I have never understood <laughs> a single like data point on is, is like, what an adult theater is, and what the experience is, and how how Pee-wee finds himself in the middle of it, and then is the one guy who gets tagged. I, I don't know. I don't no, no, know. but it, that blew over. It makes no he sense. He had a resurgence. Yeah, he had a, a really good career after that. He had some excellent roles later on, but but I remember Pee-wee being probably the first comedy thing that that I ever watched. For some reason, and I still don't know why. My family had HBO in the 80s and it's it's so odd it, like we didn't yeah I mean it, it just it was an odd extravagance I don't know why we we subscribed to it but it, it, they showed you know a lot of stand-up comedy back in the day and especially in the 80s that was like the golden era for comedy specials right it was <sighs> You know now you see you know Dave Chappelle will will drop a new special on Netflix and it's or Bo Burnham or whatever and it's like a big event you know a couple times a year or something like this happens. Well, HBO's programming in the '80s stand-up comedy was was like a many times a week thing. You know it was late night programming. It truly was the golden age of stand-up, and Pee Wee had. Uh, he had a really, really good special. And it was Pee-wee, you know, it wasn't like him doing other edgier stuff, like no, it was very close to Pee-wee's playhouse kind of things. And I remember watching this being really, you know, like four years old, give or take, and uh and seeing him with, you know, Phil Hartman and and you know, Lawrence Fishburn and the rest. Um You know, and what's the one comedy thing I reference more than anything? It's from that. It's Pee Wee and Phil Hartman talking about women. Oh, yeah. Um, Dames. (laughs) Dames, you know. Phil Hartman is a swarthy Captain Carl sailor, you know, and he's complaining. He's like, oh, women smell so, they smell like flowers. It's disgusting, you know. And and Pee Wee gets into it. And, And that was just really funny, inoffensive. Uh, it you know, it, it was neat. It truly was like familyish, familyish family-ish comedy. I mean, the adults could appreciate it and, and the little kids are laughing at, you know, like a, a, a hot dog called the green weenie. I mean, <laughs> like it just was funny. So I, I, I like Pee-wee a lot, you know, and big adventure was a fantastic movie, big top Pee-wee a little less. So, um, you know, but but I just got a, a newsletter the other day from a, a t-shirt company, and and they were pushing their uh, large marge t-shirt from, of course, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. But yeah, no, I, he he was unique. There was nobody like him. Uh, he had his own brand. He stuck with it. Somehow, people didn't get tired of it. You know, it wasn't like Gallagher smashing his ten thousandth watermelon. Uh, Pee Wee was always. Pee Wee, you know, and he went to those serious roles later in life. It was awesome. Absolutely awesome.
0: Yeah, it was very much like um, a live action cartoon, you know. N- now I think yeah. that that idea uh, everyone hates, especially when it comes to like n- Netflix anime adaptations. People, well, or, or the, the Disney live actions too. I think there's a lot of mm, valid hatred towards that idea. But Pee Wee really kind of did that. Um, in an original sense, in which he just created this chaotic, insane world with real people on stage and then later on TV. And I agree that there was nothing like it. I-, I don't think there was anything like Pee-Wee before him, and I don't think there was anything like Pee-Wee after him. And um, you know, for my own part, the stuff I was doing before Vsauce was really just a terrible Pee-Wee impersonation, you know, Jerry Bloop. And like, huh. you know, just creating like a silly childlike world, like surreal world. That was, that was Pee Wee. I mean, it really, it really, really was. So I, I I was. He was the original man-child, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what Pee Wee is. Huh. He's a man-child. Wow. That's what the character is. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a little kid. I hadn't kid. thought of
1: that. Right. I hadn't thought of that or how, how Jerry Bloop was, was in that
0: same family. Yeah. It's just an adult child essentially uh i mean look at the you know peewee's house and peewee's big adventure when we were kids that was the coolest looking house ever he had this ridiculously yeah. stupid rube goldberg machine just to make his breakfast and then he doesn't even eat it he just takes a single like tiny bite of like mr t cereal and then goes about his, di- his day like the whole thing is so dumb he spends that time like putting scotch tape all over his face for no reason. Like, all, all of this is <laughs> is stupid. It's really stupid. And it's so funny and so uniquely funny. And it clearly influenced our entire generation in a way, honestly, that people didn't talk about. Like, that's what surprised me about the outpouring of love for Pee Wee in, in the last 24 hours is... I know I loved Pee-wee. I know that I was influenced by Pee-wee and I know other people were to a degree, but it was shocking to me, like even you, Matt. Like I'm surprised to to know. I had no idea that you had such an affinity for Pee-wee. He was the first like comedy thing that you saw. That's a big deal to me because you're someone who I have talked to about different comedy that you're just not interested in. You're like, "Yeah, I don't I don't. I never watched that." Uh, Not, you know, I don't care about the Simpsons. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. But Pee Wee struck a chord with you and that's so unique.
1: It did. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, but what's really unique to to me is like, I don't, I don't remember a lot of things and it's been really interesting lately because I've been, this sounds bizarre. I've been talking to people, (laughs) (laughs) which is, um, talking to people about, you know, my past and childhood and this and that and stuff comes up and I'm like, Oh, I haven't thought about that at all. And when, when I think of Pee Wee, the memory on it is extremely detailed and explicit. So it's not like, it's not like, uh, I just remember, you know, the, the funny skit or whatever. It's like, no, I remember distinctly sitting On the floor in in living room on a scratchyish old carpet with uh, in that living room there's we called it the barn light right like that was that's a style but it was just a light in the center of the room Uh, and there was the one light in the living room because we were uh, rural Americans in the 1980s that means that you have two TVs the one on the bottom is the old TV that stopped working a long time ago. And then the, the TV on top of it is the one that you now watch. <laughs>
0: yeah. The broken TV like, is a TV stand.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and which you can't do that with flat screens. Can you, everybody's missing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I remember like the chunk chunk of, of switching the dials to get to HBO. I remember how scratchy that carpet was and how inadequate the overhead light was and in laughing at Peewee. You know, and I, I remember uh, watching watching hee Haw as well. You know, that was the other uh, bit of bit of comedy. If you don't know hee Haw, it is like Saturday Night Live for I don't know how to describe this for, for people who <laughs> like country music, old time goofy country music, uh, stupid jokes like like puns and yeah yeah, but wholesome stuff with very good music and and you know guests each week so anyway it was, it was that kind of thing and i i just remember that very very distinctly the whole scene and that doesn't really happen for me um I, I don't think in terms that are that detailed and i don't really have have full-on memories like that but oddly i do with peewee you know i remember my brothers laughing at at the green weenie i remember. Uh, him reading you know the fake letters from children that that he got and and one uh saying like uh, from some kid named shlomo and it's like i'm in i'm in israel and i'm nine years old and i've already been in the army for three years <laughs> that was that was really funny then and then as i got older and understood why that joke was really funny i'm like okay <laughs> 10 15 years later this is Ten times better than it was. Uh. So yeah, Pee Wee had a hold on me. I don't quite know why, but I'm I'm very happy that it happened.
0: Yeah, and and one last thing I would say about Pee Wee because you know a couple of weeks ago we talked about that um, was it Mark Manson video where he's just describing like if you want to be more successful than ninety nine percent of people, well then you need to do what ninety nine percent of people will not do. Like you need to think about doing something extremely different to stand out what yeah. what better example of that is there than peewee herman and peewee's playhouse like all of that was so freaking weird where you have like <laughs> a talking like everything was anthropomorphic by the way in his house he had like a talking chair yeah. cherry cherry there was cherry, yeah. like the windows were alive there was like a pterodactyl He had that robot. There was like the word of the day where everyone would just scream really annoyingly if you said the word of the day. He had a (laughs) he had a genie that was just a head in a box. Jumbi. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mecca Leca High Mechaime Ho -ho or whatever. How none of it made any sense? Is it?
1: Thirty years later, you remember Mecca Leka High Mechaime Ho. Like what the hell has to happen to imprint that in your mind?
0: It's super weird. It's super weird. It's not, there's nothing else like it. So, I mean, if that's, if that's what the bar is, man, like he cleared that bar and then some, because yeah, like we remember this stuff 30 years later because it's like so bizarre. You it's, it is imprinted in your brain.
1: I want to throw out a statement, and I want you to agree or disagree. I think that Pee Wee, if he came out of nowhere right now in 2023, nobody had ever heard of him or seen any of this weirdness. Pee Wee's Playhouse didn't exist. It just begins right now. I think that Pee Wee would succeed on YouTube right now doing what he did back then.
0: Oh, uh, uh, not only do I agree, I think that there were like way crappier versions of that idea that were insanely successful miranda sings was insanely yeah, successful yeah. which is a pretty lousy version of peewee um fred was one of the earliest mm. gigantic successes on youtube was again just kind of like a really one-dimensional less interesting version of peewee um You know, even a character like Captain, uh, or not? No, sorry, not Captain Disillusion. Um, Captain Disrespect. Is that who I'm thinking of? Doctor Disrespect.
1: Doctor Disrespect.
0: Right. That is like a goofy, weird person in character. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's just kind of like a crappier. So, so Pee Wee was just like a much more interesting, multifaceted, and bizarre version of those things a more complex version of those things a more complete version of those things so i agree yeah i think he it, it would have been just as successful if not more um especially when you look at things like um how ridiculously successful coco melon is which is just <laughs> like in it right yeah. like a weird thing to grab kids attention that's what peewee was so
1: i want to do a, a quick shout to linus uh in you know he's been a mainstay of uh the tcuers for some time now and he he just he said that he met paul rubens a few times out in la and that he was very cool very sweet and and very highly intelligent
0: um oh there's no doubt about that that. there's no doubt about that yeah i bet he was yeah a really smart guy there's no way you come up with that stuff unless you're you know you're just your brain works weird. Like <laughs> your brain works uniquely. Uh There's it's it's self evident, really, that he was a unique thinker. It is, yeah, yeah.
1: And I, I I did shoot Linus a message saying, "Well, how'd that happen? How'd you run into him?" And it, 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 he hasn't answered back yet, which means I get to invent the answer. And I think it has something to do. You know, you go to a theater and you sit down in the chair and you look to your left and there's Paul Rubens. Maybe that's how they met. A few times. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I hope not, but this is, oh, oh. now I see Linus is typing. <laughs> 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 uh, well, we're losing him, aren't we? I mean, uh, uh, he was 70, which I didn't quite realize, but yeah, you know, this is, this is the March, um, you know, we are hitting that that streak of always uh, oh, say the line of said it had to do with the Joan Rivers show. Um, so yeah, I must've been working around that in some way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, given our rough age and uh, the sorts of people who were on TV when we were young, like this is, is just the timing of people beginning to drop off some expectedly and others not so expectedly. So it would be quite a lot. Quite a lot more of this
0: yeah but you know i think i think wee was you know a cut above uh so many of the other people that you know we grew up watching and just the last thing on this you know we talk about make something mean something for this podcast mm-hmm. i mean who exemplified that more than paul rubens because here we are talking about it my timeline is just full of people telling stories about how much that character and just him as a person meant to them it's like guys, yeah. you know, this is what makes something mean something is all about. Uh he nailed it for sure. And you, you can't really do it much better than he did. So, uh yeah, I mean we're we're grateful and honestly have lived better lives because of the, his contributions to the world and um you know, they won't be forgotten certainly by us.
1: I don't know what you've been sipping, but you've got it all wrong. It's time to commit to the leaf. We've embraced the smoothness and surprising pick-me-up that tea provides. I literally drink it all day long, nearly a gallon a day, and it powers me through research, scriptwriting, and forums on websites that I refuse to name here. But we don't drink normie NPC tea. We drink cultured and refined anime tea from the Dragon's Treasure. Kevin still likes the gunpowder green called Space Cowboy, and I've sampled nearly 40 Dragon's Treasure teas at this point. Lately I've been slamming black teas like Kentucky Bourbon and Liquefied Berserk Despair. Scottish Breakfast is deep and peaty, and I smooth it over with Sebastian's Morning Earl Grey, which has the best vanilla cream taste I think I've ever had in a cup. Give me a pot of that with a hot meatball sub from Sal's Pizza and Brooks Barbecue Chicken to wash down my last meal on death row. I highly recommend the sampler packs. You'll want to try everything just like I did. I literally have not had one tea that I wouldn't be happy to reorder. The Dragon's Wings membership fuels new tea experimentation and the Tea of the Month Club provides a regularly scheduled surprise. And when you order from the Dragon's Treasure using code CREATE, You'll get ten percent off your order. That's ten percent off using the code CREATE at the dragons The
0: links in the description. But let, let's um, let's talk about two hundred episodes of TCU and kind of where we're at with um, you know with Vsauce two and making content on the platform. How that's changed since we started. Um, is there anything that sticks out to you as you know, something that you've learned over the past several years doing this podcast about YouTubers that surprised you or, you know, that you are hopeful about or doomer about anything at all that like really comes to mind. Yeah.
1: Um, lately I've, I've distilled a lot of the stuff we've talked about into, uh, a single line that I like a lot and it has to do with uh, people we've talked to it has to you know through however many episodes uh, of interviews which by the way we will come back to I mean this is not just a monologue for the next 200 episodes um, you know so interviews will resume but um, vsauce 2 as well you know as that has evolved over m- many years like that that predate the podcast uh, you know really a, a 10 plus year, Process and anyway, it comes down to one line to me, uh, which is whatever you do, you just have to show the world that you exist. And I like that we spent a lot of time talking about Pee Wee because he is a perfect example of this. He had a weird idea, he did that idea, and showed it to people that that his brand of comedy existed. And a whole lot of different people flocked to it. They appreciated it in different ways. I was four and five laughing at one element of it. My brother was, you know, 16 and, and laughing at a different element of it. Now we're much, much older appreciating it in a, a unique way now. Well, it, this happened because a guy had an idea and then show, showed the world that that idea existed. That's really at the core of absolutely everything. Everything, whether it's online media stuff, uh the work that you do, or just plain going to hang out with people. Like one way or another, you are going to show other people that that you exist. And the question is, you know, what is that existence? Right? Pee-wee had his own brand of of stuff, and that's not you, and it's not me. But we have unique combinations too. And if you don't ever show people that that exists, uh, you know it's the 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 tree falling in the forest with nobody hearing. Uh, what's the point? So um, it, it's super super basic, but it's a necessary foundation to pretty much everything. And that's how I feel after all these episodes: is that we have put together a show and shown people that we exist. You and I are very different. We've talked about that. A lot of times and how how those differences fit together to make something else unique uh which is in this latest video this psychopaths video it's a really good example of um you know things that i brought to the video things that you brought to the video and the product is something that neither of us could have done separately uh well show people that you exist and don't worry too much about what that existence is you'll figure it out as you do it but yeah that that's two hundred episodes in, and I'm thinking, okay, get out of bed and stand up. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a crazy reduction, but it's actually really important, and fewer and fewer people
0: are doing this. Yeah, that that mm, that's kind of something that I've been thinking about lately too. That has surprised me, and I think that there you know are, are a ton of reasons for that. I think we can dedicate a whole different podcast about some of at least my thoughts about that. Um, Mm -hmm. Specifically, I'm talking about how um, I thought that by now there would be like a ton of people making a ton of great content. And I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like it's still like a very, 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 very small amount of people uh, making great stuff and a huge amount of people just consuming it now that will always be the case i think it'll always be that that imbalance will always exist it'll always be you know probably 99 percent of people consume things and 1 of them make them Mm -hmm. um but i will say that i I think that that imbalance has gotten greater um, in recent years for again a variety of reasons that we could probably go into in a different episode but Um, but having said that, I think that your suggestion and like really baseline distillation of the idea of just kind of get out of, get, get out of bed, stand up and put something out there is more appropriate. I think now than ever, because for a lot of reasons, it's really easy to just not do that. It's kind of fun and easy, well, way easier to just not do that. It's like, well, I could do that. And I could get ridiculed, I could fail, I could look stupid. You know, you start running down this reasons, this cons (laughs) column of reasons not to do that. And the pros column is often pretty nebulous. Um, It's pretty conceptual. And I think that you and I have tried our best, especially in recent podcasts, to concretize a little bit of the pros. But at the end of the day, yeah, it, it ends up being like a little intangible. Mm-hmm. Um, but meanwhile, we can all look around and we can point to people like Pee Wee and say, "Well, that's tangible. Everyone loves this guy, and it's because of him putting himself out there. You know, the collaborations that he had with other people. I mean, you talk about our collaborations on Vsauce too. I mean, Pee Wee was absolutely the sum of its parts with Lawrence Fishburne and Phil Hartman and Oh yeah, Miss Yvonne and uh, all of the crazy characters <laughs> right. that he had and you know, it was an ensemble. It was absolutely an an ensemble. So um, yeah, uh, I totally agree. And I also think that it's important to see other people's journeys with things that, you know, something doesn't work out. You can see it on Vsauce too. There's formats that I've tried just in the last couple of years that that didn't work out. That's fine. Try try something else. Because I think that people get caught up in this idea of like, well, this person is just hyper successful for one reason or another, they know what they're doing and, and I don't. And it's like, you would be surprised. Nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not really. No. Not really. No, no, they don't. Um, yeah. They, they just don't. And, and think about the ultimate example of this is movie studios where some of them uh, have been pumping out blockbusters for 50 years And there's no guarantee that their next thing is, is even going to break even, you know, they have every bit of data and metrics and, and knowledge, uh, that the, the project they're doing and, and releasing is going to succeed. And you know what? A lot of them don't, most of them don't, um, if anybody has watched secret invasion the The latest Marvel thing with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. I watched the the whole thing. It wasn't good. It wasn't very good at all. And are are you telling me that uh, Disney slash Marvel, which has made like forty five iterations in in the Marvel franchise, uh, is is playing a, a total guessing game on the formula by now? No, no. They had a shocking amount of of uh, material to to draw from you know, to make something that was really appealing and it, and it wasn't good. I mean, the, the rotten tomatoes on the last episode. So, so they were around like 50, 60%, which is not great f- for the first five episodes. And the finale, when I saw it last, it was 13%. Why is it approval. so
0: bad? Cause I have heard that it is extremely bad and I can't even imagine why it's so bad.
1: Yeah. Conrad says, I didn't mind secret invasion. Well, I didn't mind it either. Uh, you know, it was okay. And I kept watching and it is just, It didn't, it didn't, I I didn't feel like it needed to exist. It just was there. Um, it, it didn't like advance a a lot of stuff. It wasn't super cool. The characters weren't, you know, super memorable and it like, it, it was just there, you know, but that's an example. Like this is the most, the, the greatest resources in the entire global entertainment industry, a long track record of relevant stuff. And they put out a stinker, you know, so no, nobody knows for sure, uh, what they're, do- what they're doing. Um, but, but I do want to go doomer. I want to go horribly negative on this. Awesome. Okay. Yes. When we started this podcast and <clears throat> the, we had like six months, eight months before we actually began where we thought a lot about it. Cause we were trying to find a production partner and, you know, throughout this whole time, we're. Just thinking very deeply about what we want to accomplish and how it might go and all that. So we, we really had, uh, a a detailed plan and set of expectations and all of that. And I thought we're going to talk to people who are doing things at, at a high level. They're succeeding. We're going to give insight into what they do and how they do it. And all, all sorts of people are going to apply little tidbits of that to what they do. now. That happens That happens with a very narrow, narrow slice of, of the people who listen to this show, over 200 episodes. What I did not expect is that 200 episodes in, five years in almost, that the show yourself to the world, get out of bed and stand up type element would be such a rebellious act. I, I thought that was a given that people would do that. They'd want to do it. And this is going to help them do it. Well, the reality that we've seen that I've seen, I'm, I'm not going to speak for you on this, is that in 2023, right now, doing literally anything is is an act of rebellion. <laughs> and I never would have thought that that would be the case, but that's how I feel about about the state of things now.
0: Right, right, right. It does, it does seem like in a lot of ways that you, you, you almost become part of that 1% we straight off the bat just by trying, yep. right? yeah, I, yeah and but
1: the the attitude has changed though, like or not changed or I, I misread it completely in the beginning. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Um, but no, I think I, some I'm, of it
0: has changed though. I mean there there have been like a lot of you know discussions surrounding and not having to do with being a youtuber or you know anything like that, but just generally speaking, much broader. after um you know, COVID after everybody just kind of stayed home and did nothing and uh, was, and decided, wow, this is actually kind of sweet. Um, why would I go back to like grinding away at something that, I mean, that, that has shifted to a like statistically significant degree for sure. Over the past three years,
1: things are so broken right now. And people are so broken right now that <clears throat> in, 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 in if 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 I was in 1987, all right, I would have been five years old, and I, I was quite cognizant. Of, you know, I, I watched a lot of news and things like that. I I, I wasn't an interesting child. Um, it, but if if I get this this time traveling messenger who pops in uh, to the living room under the barn light in 1987 and says to me, uh, let me do the math, thirty five ish. 35-ish years from now, getting a driver's license would be a, will be an act of rebellion. I would have thought, it's 1987, I've just watched Rocky IV. Uh, if you're telling me that getting a driver's license is an act of rebellion, then I know that the Cold War turned hot and the Soviets won. That's what I would have thought in 1987. And it, that obviously isn't the case, yet the result is... This really simple, basic stuff about behavior and confidence and uh, the desire to be interesting and interface with other people and have some independence is extremely uncommon. Oh, we've got a problem. We have a serious problem. And that's not something that, that I really had a, a sense of on episode one. I did not think we would be here right now dealing with, with this, but we are.
0: Yeah, yeah, we are, and, and I do actually want to tackle that um, in a different episode um, because uh, I don't know. I think that there are a lot of reasons for that, and I don't know how we changed that. It just kind of uh, is a problem <laughs> that is growing for sure. But in the, in the meantime, just to get back to like creators and stuff, um, there there are some people that you know I would I would shout out for. There are some people that we've talked to that have phased out in a lot of ways. Um, there are others that have grown. Meat Canyon is one who I think is doing incredible things these days.
1: I got I got my trading cards in the mail yesterday. Oh, really? Sweet. Yeah. I, I haven't opened it because I want to do it uh I wanna do that on stream. I want to open them on on stream. But they arrived yesterday and I'm pumped.
0: Okay. Yeah. Like Meat Canyon is someone I would I would look to as sort of like a beacon of someone who's doing things like that are really cool and really unique and just a lot of it basically you know um obviously you know he started by doing these cartoons which he's still doing of sort of grotesque pop culture (laughs) parodies you know i know that his steve harvey one is doing really well right now Uh, like steve harvey's like thousand yard stare or <laughs> whatever the whatever the premise is um but he's doing so much other stuff with uh is Melvin the name of his his like gr- grotesque little gremlin-esque oh character he's got They're a couple just horrible a couple of episodes in now so he's doing a bunch of merch yeah. for that and then the trading cards it's <laughs> like apparel he's doing stuff just just doing really fun things and um it's really great to see so yeah i think as doomer as we can be about a lot of stuff it's really important to also point out someone like me canyon who is doing really fun things yeah doing really fun stuff um he
1: exists and he's showing everybody that he exists
0: yeah and is working with other people and you know obviously it takes a lot to make those cartoons so he has a whole team of people that he collaborates with. And so he's a you know a great example of of that as well. Of finding other people and putting them to work. <laughs> that's an awesome thing to be able to do. I think that's something that's really underappreciated, also, is that you know, you can give other people work. You can support them, you can give them jobs, yeah. you can pay them for their talents. Um, because you can be like a, a storyboard artist or a background artist for a meat Canyon cartoon. And that's a really cool thing to be a part of.
1: Is there any, can we do anything about this, about the, the doomer aspects? We, we lament. Do we, this is, this is a real question. Um, because I do want to talk about, I want to go really deeply into this in, in coming weeks and months, because I think it's worth the time. I think it's extremely unique as an issue. And I think, uh, we can, we can really go hard on it. Um, but uh, are we just going to be analyzing here, or is there any hope that we can do something of value to snap people out of this? It's a- I am on the fence with this. I don't know that's why I'm asking you.
0: yeah, yeah, no, I think being on the fence with it is is a, is appropriate because i I do see it both ways and and one on one hand, I think there is a great deal of power in encouragement especially for probably the type of people who even listen to this podcast to begin with, because um, I just think a lot of people aren't really, they're too atomized in, 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 to to even begin to get like the proper level of encouragement from someone else to say, Hey, like you should do a thing, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. we have this really generic, Milk toast, like oh, just be whatever you want to be, sort of thing. I mean, I know that you and I grew up with, and I'm sure that it's even more so the case now, where it's like oh, just be, sort of whatever you want to be. But but I don't I don't think that's helpful, and I don't think that that's not enough. It is not enough. It's not specific enough. It's too generic. It's like well, I don't know what I want to be. You know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't know now. So I don't know. I think that there's a paradox here between people who want to be super encouraging but they're doing it in a way that's way too generic to be helpful so i think that we could actually be encouraging and helpful in specific areas uh, that might actually be useful um
1: i hope so because i'm seeing a lot of wasted talent right i'm seeing so many people with so much potential and they don't do anything they don't do anything Uh, sometimes most of the time they, they stop themselves, uh, or they're just unwilling to make the trade that irrational, horribly irrational trade of putting a ton of time and effort into something when it's actually amazing to sit there and consume, you know, as you were describing that earlier, I was thinking right now there is an endless, like as far as you can see an endless buffet of food and it's incredible. Anything you want to eat is there. How many people think, you know, instead of just running down the 10,000 food offerings here and, and eating hour after hour, exactly what I want and loving it. I'm actually going to forego that so that I can, I can go cook something. Not even, not even
0: (laughs) so I can go plant some seeds in the backyard and like laboriously grow a tomato plant. Yeah, exactly. Like that trade off makes no sense and that that was going to be my other side of this fence sitting where it's like not for nothing but pretty much everyone that we've talked to in this podcast has had some kind of like obsessive <laughs> personality disorder yeah. and like workaholic disorder mm-hmm. that you can't make up like I, I don't know how to encourage someone into being like irrationally working on a project 7 days a week I don't know that that's possible. I think that that might be like you got it or you don't sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it's a little like it's a little like exercise where it's really terrible when you start. Uh, but if you have the right environment with it, you can learn to love how terrible that is and you can feel great after a while. You now and this works this works the same way. you know it is great that that you and I are not working alone on anything. Because you have to provide that perspective and fuel for yourself if you are working alone. And, and we know that almost every creative is a total loner with it. That's a tough, tough task to do anything and then also have the distance from yourself to take stock of an irrational thing and then convince yourself that it's actually really good. <laughs> you know? so- sorry about what you see on paper, but... No, no, no. I I promise this. All the indications are negative, but it's 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 truly positive. No, no, no. This is too much. It's too hard for one person. For most people, uh, so having somebody else can can help there. But it takes a long time. We're both very good at what we do. Well, how many years and years has it has it taken? And we're still constantly evolving. I mean, after this this recording and before this recording. We're looking at reactions to a thing that that you just put out on the channel because we don't we don't know how people are going to respond. We don't know how good of a job we've done. We don't know what is appealing to the audience versus what was appealing to us. We ha- we're figuring that out and we're seriously deep into a career, right? So this is very difficult stuff. Um but man, if you don't if you don't, you know, kind of creatively get out of bed in some cases it is quite literally getting out of bed for some people but getting out of bed creatively and just beginning to do something uh can we can we encourage that and make that happen i don't know and i just never thought we would be in this position it never occurred to me right 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 that
0: it's like yeah unless yeah well
1: one Who'd thing, have thought this was the problem?
0: One thing that I think that analogy with the exercise is actually really interesting. I hadn't thought about that before. But you're right. If anyone... Some some people just... Let, let's just put it plainly, that it, that it can... M- might actually be super similar because some people just have it in them that they need to exercise. It's just like a genetic thing yeah. in their bones where, like, Casey Neistat has to exercise. He... <laughs> It's in his DNA to get up at four o'clock in the morning and like run 10 miles. He just has to. Other people, uh, like myself, for instance, I, I have to convince myself to exercise. And the thing about exercise is, yeah, it sucks really, really, really bad for a long time until you get to a point where it kind of starts to feel pretty good. Like you start feeling better about yourself, about your physical condition Oh yeah. to the point where you're like, I don't want to go back. Like I have to keep doing this because I know what I felt like before. I know what I feel like now and I don't want to go back. But it's kind of a steep learning curve to get there and perhaps sort of getting into like the creative weightlifting is similar for a lot of people where yes, some people like myself creatively, I'm like a Casey Neistat. Like my brain wants to make stuff and I have to just do that. It's just in my bones, okay? Perhaps other people are more like me when it comes to exercise, where it's like they need to get into a groove. Like they need to start slowly, build up that like um, sort of that routine of making stuff and sending it to people and getting feedback. So maybe there's some encouragement there. The other thing that's that I think that you said that I want to not let pass by on the topic of this exercise is that for me, what really made a difference for me was months ago, I had this um, brand integration on Vsauce 2 for this app called Ooh. Copilot, which is a personal trainer app. So the whole pu- purpose of that app is that there is a human being on the other side of the app. Who's going to check in with you if you didn't do your exercises, which believe me, I don't, I, things come up life happens i skip a day and the next day i get a message from mike saying hey let's make up that that make make up that workout today and i'm like ah uh, okay i yes there there's there's someone else you know keeping tabs on me and i want to say that i think that that can be helpful on the creative side where thousand percent like you and i are keeping tabs on each other like where's the next thing where where are you at with it where's your you know where's your th- thought process on it like what progress can we make today i remember um when we spoke with um was it i think the first time we spoke with Idubs, he was talking about how like him you know obviously there was that little click of like him and max um oh yeah
1: that early gang yeah you know
0: filthy frank chad
1: ethan was in in the mix as well and and he
0: talked about how they would talk to each other about their ideas even for their solo stuff it was like what do you think of this is this a bad idea is this funny that's really helpful i mean psychic pebbles has it with like oni and all of those guys chris o'neill right right like it it, they he has his own little click so that is really useful even if you are a self-motivated person just to have other people to check in with, like a creative personal trainer. That was the analogy that I wanted to make here.
1: Oh, that's good. It's like a
0: creativity personal trainer to say like, hey, what are you working on? How's it going? You know, what's the status of it? It is really hard, and you have said this a lot, to just make up all the rules by yourself every day. You just Mm -hmm. can't do that long-term, really. It is like a tiny, tiny fraction of a fraction of a fraction of like a crazy person who can thrive in that environment. The rest of us cannot. So don't assume that you can.
1: No, no. I think that, <clears throat> I think that, uh, we, we really need to go back to basics and almost pre basics on this stuff. Uh, APM who's, who's been a mainstay, uh, for some time in the community. Uh, it just says something about, you know, wanting to start exercising regularly because, um, you know, the damage it does when you're not active. And as you're talking, Kevin, about all of this stuff, I, I, I need people to believe what I'm about to say. The number one most important thing in uh, for work for me, whether it is Vsauce 2, Create Unknown, uh, work with uh, Foundation for Economic Education, all these things, the most important part for me has been eating, sleeping. And being physically active has nothing to do with any of the content. I get twice as many hours out of the day now as I did when I was at my lowest physical point. So nothing has has changed. I didn't take a course on anything that gave me a new skill. No, I unlocked the time that was there, latent time and energy to do the things that are me to go back to that first point to show the world that i exist. I am able to do that pretty much twice as much now as a few years ago. That stuff matters. It has nothing to do with anything we've talked about on this show. It's like no, you you create the conditions to do all the things we've talked about on on 200 episodes. You know, it it, it doesn't seem like it matters that much. It matters. It matters, and you know I'm not going to call anybody out on this, but everybody listening right now knows some long-standing creators who they have seen decline as people. They have declined physically. They've de- declined with mental health compared to who they were at the beginning. Other people have really embraced it and uh, evolved because of it. Now, I know that Ian Idubs, his evolution ha- has been extremely controversial. Much of his original audience does not support where he's at now. However, that dude's in amazing shape compared to the string bean goofball he was back in the day. Uh, I have no doubt that physically he's in a great place to do the things he wants to do. He's unlocked a lot of time and potential there. That, that's, that's the way it works. Now, what you do with that time and potential? Well, that's a completely separate topic. <laughs> you know, like that—that's the story with with Ian and and what you think about that track. However, you know, he, he's not one of the people, including ones in that original gang, where you look and you're like, "Holy shit!" This person aged twenty five years in three years. This is not good. You know? So, there's some really basic elements here that. We can't, we can't take for granted anymore. I definitely did. I thought, no, this is, this is, is so obvious and so seriously important that we don't need to talk about it. No, I I was wrong about that. I was wrong. People are blowing it. They do not nail these basic elements. And so all the, all the, the creativity talk that we do, uh, doesn't matter if you can't get out of bed.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, we, we have to wrap up, but that is something that I do want to talk about in its own podcast. It's just a framework that you are being able that you need to be within to create successfully. That's really what yeah. you're talking about is that fundamentally what you're saying is that if you don't even have the framework in place, why are we bothering talking about like level 4, level 5 and level 6 of of yeah. of this you know, pyramid. <laughs> it's like, None you don't even have the bottom. If you don't have the bottom, forget, right. forget about, you know, step seven. It, it, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant.
1: I would like us to start from zero. Yeah. Going forward. I, I really would. I think it's important. And I I think few people have been honest about what that entails. Right.
0: Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, you guys can look forward to us, uh, starting from scratch <laughs> on this podcast what we talk about um you know the conditions for success and uh you know what place to even begin um thinking about that because yeah a lot of the time that we've spent on this podcast really has been talking about things at like step seven and uh that doesn't mean a whole lot when you are stuck at step zero so we'll go back to step zero on this we'll be back next week Um, Thank you to all of our patrons for hanging out. Lovely seeing your faces. This is a Patreon-supported podcast, so your support makes this podcast happen. If you want to join the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash thecreateunknown, and we really do appreciate each and every one of our patrons. Thank you for making this podcast happen. We'll be back next week. Until then, see you, Space Cowboys. Thanks for listening to The
1: Create Unknown. We make this show with the support of our patrons. 100% of that goes directly to keeping episodes going every week, and the recent support has been amazing. Sid Polk, NRM, Venture Addicts, Weezer good you all really do make this show happen. Thank you to the Tots and Dumpster crew, old and new, who save tiny little lives every month. Thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Clemente De Los Santos, Dan Malatch, Demetrius Andrews, Erica, Farrakhan, Jen Mephisanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Monahem, Natsu, Penny Peddler, Risebred, Ryan Kinder, Samuel Manser, Sean S., Sean Malone, and Tom Videogre. And a tremendous shout out to our elite baby gang commanders: Atrocious Guff, Cat, Dojangles, Graham Robertson, James Gallagher, Jeff Davis, Orange Vanilla Coke, Patrick Pister, TCU's personal pilot Andy, Ryan Carroll, Baseweight Vintos, Yetus Deletus, Jonas Walter, Nathan Robinson, Chelxies, and of course Trevsted. You are the elite. Thank you as well to our indentured servants, producer-editor Ben Webster, Minecraft mogul Laterman, Discord kitten wrangler Conrad, and producer emeritus Dan Yoshua. Thanks to Baseweight for use of Created in the Unknown for the opening theme. Thanks to Electro Voice for giving us mics to sound good on top of it. And a special thanks to Main Gear for powering all of our PC endeavors. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production in partnership with Studio 71.